Lord, as we contemplate the country that you have given us, Lord, we are grateful. We are grateful people to live in a free country, knowing, Lord, that brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world are being persecuted because of their faith. And Lord, by your good grace, you allowed us to be able to live in this free country. And we thank you. As we remember those, Lord, who have paid the ultimate sacrifice of their lives uh, for our freedom, Lord, we also recognize the fact, Lord, that you gave up your life for us, for the ultimate freedom. Lord, that we can have a hope of one day being with you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for that. That even though, Lord, this earth is, is a place that we love, Lord, it is not our home. For the believer in Christ, we are simply ambassadors. We are, we are simply aliens, strangers. One day we will truly be home. And Lord, we, we relish the day when you will take us to be in heaven with you. But until then, Lord, help us to be faithful, to minister to those around us, that they may, the, may have a knowledge of the hope that we have. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before you sit down, welcome somebody to Emmanuel Bible Church today. Good morning. There we go. We got speakers going now. <laughs> We're going to do scripture reading right now. Uh, 2 Timothy. We're going to read 2 Timothy verses 2 through 12. To Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you, even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelled in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted to us in Christ Jesus for all eternity, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. For this reason, I also suffer these things, for I am not ashamed, for I know whom I, whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to protect what I have entrusted to him until that day. This was part of my prayer request time. Um, we actually have a prayer request uh, today. Pastor Tim is out, and he's sick today. And so uh, if you're here for the first time, I'm not usually the guy that's going to be up here all the time. So 
I, I encourage you to come back and, and meet Pastor Tim, listen to him preach. He does an in, incredible job preaching the Word of God, and so I encourage you to come back uh, to be here on a regular basis. Now, this morning, um, I'm not preaching, which is also really good news because <laughs> I wasn't really ready to, if I had. We have uh, Steve King. Uh, Steve King is here today, and um, his wife's name was Gail. And so uh, if you, uh, we, were, we were talking in Sunday school because Steve taught Sunday school this morning. And he has been a missionary, at least he came, probably a missionary soon after, but he came in 1995. And so he's been a missionary with our church for, well, I don't even, I, I, I don't even want to count that up. I, I know it was, it was the year before I graduated high school. That's the, tw- 26 and a half. Thank you. Well, that just aged me too, didn't it? Right there. <laughs> but um, he has been such a blessing. And, and my kids always loved Gail. Gail always came in and she always did a puppet show with the kids. And she always had her monkey that came along. And, and my, my kids just, they always still talk about Gail as their favorite missionary coming in and using her puppets to teach them during the Sunday school hour. And so they've got a special place in my heart because my kids remember that so vividly. And so what a blessing you've been, even to me personally. But thank you for being here and bringing uh, a message for us today, as well as really sharing what the Lord is doing uh, in your ministry. And so we're, we're very grateful that you're here today. Um, we're going to take our morning offering here in just a second, but would you bow with me in a word of prayer? as we go before our Father in heaven. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for loving and for caring for us. Lord, we thank you that regardless of the, the waves and the turbulence, not only in our country, but in our own personal lives, Lord, you are a God who cares. You are a God who provides, and you are a God who carries when we can't take the next step. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for being a God who loves us like you do. Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, that you would carry Pastor Tim as he's ill this morning. We pray, Lord, that you would restore his health to him. Lord, that you would uh, um, work through Steve King this morning, Lord, as he brings us the message that you would be honored and glorified through, through what he has to say and share with us through your word this morning. I was last here with my wife in September of 2018 and um, you know it's a good thing today you see my screen here in loving memory of my wife Gail this is Memorial Day and uh, this will be a memorial time a little bit differently than what we are accustomed to on this Sunday and this uh, this year for for this service I cannot give a missionary report without talking about Gail. When we were here in October, uh, in September of 2018, little did I know that just one month later she would go into the presence of the Lord due to cancer, a very aggressive cancer. But you know what? She wanted to come to this church. That September, Tim and I, we played around with schedules and tried to work it out and with um, Gail's treatment schedules and things like that. 
didn't work out until September so of 2018 and she was so happy even though as you if you were here you saw she was in great bit of discomfort but she wanted to be here she wanted to be back with you all and you all welcomed us at that time with uh, open arms and open hearts and I want to talk about Gail As we just sung that last song, Gail loved her Savior. Uh, She accepted Christ as a four-year-old. Her daddy was a pastor in Baltimore, Maryland. And she learned what it meant to serve God by, um, by saying her dad, who was a man of God, and he was like Tim. I, I, he was like And I love your pastor. I want to say that publicly. Tim and I always have great fellowship whenever whenever we get out here. It's always too short, though. It's always too short. But um, Gail's dad was a hunter. He was an outdoorsman. He was a sportsman. He loved uh, all kinds of sports. But he was a pastor. And you know, people looked at him and they saw that he was a man of life. And isn't that it in our Christian life? Our Christian lives should be life. And Gail would tell believers in the Ivory Coast and anywhere, God wants us to have fun. God wants us to enjoy this life in the right ways and and, and not in the ways of the world, but with humor and, and enjoyment and fellowship and doing crazy things that harm nobody. That's the way Gail was. And you know what? When I started talking about missions, as I spoke about in Sunday school this morning, she was ready. She was ready. Gail and I were married 36 years. 36 blessed, wonderful, exciting years of marriage. And we decided we were going to serve God wherever he would lead us. And so we applied this verse that's found in Romans chapter 10, and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Beautiful feet. (laughs) It's kind of hard to imagine, right? Especially if you're out in a farm. But they're beautiful feet because it's a beautiful person who takes the gospel of peace to a people and a culture who don't know that Christ died for their sins. And so Gail and I, we made our decision. We were accepted with our mission board, Baptist Missions. We were commissioned and sent by Hope Baptist Church in Hanover, Pennsylvania to Liberia, West Africa. Now that's not where we served, but that's where we were sent. 
We left for the field in November 1991, and our church, just a small church plant, by the way, uh, Tim's pastor is my pastor's father, and so we have that connection, praise God for that, but uh, we were going to Liberia, West Africa, we looked a little bit different in those pictures, and uh, we went and we lived in the bush. Gail, Matt talked about the chimps. Well, Gail had live chimps and she loved. And uh, we learned to do life differently back in those days. Um, we left and we didn't know what was gonna, going to happen as we went forward. Uh, we went, we found people. We realized that we were there to share the gospel of Christ and so we took every opportunity. We worked with other missionaries. Other missionaries were in the country. This, well, chimps on one hand and missionary daughters in the other. And they played together. But as Matt said, Gail had chimps. But when she came to the States, she had chimp puppets. And she always liked to share that with the kids as we came back. Well, we went for three years. We lived in the Ivory Coast, but we were headed for Liberia. And you know what? At the end of three years, pastors came to us and said this. Would you pray and consider about coming back to our country and work with us in our country? Now, it was a simple request, but folks, how many people here are linguists? You love foreign languages. I'll take my hand down. That's the last thing I wanted to do, is learn another language. And yet, going back to this country, it was our Macedonian call. The pastors came and said, would you come over and help us? Just like Paul saw in the vision of Acts 16, 19, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night, there stood a man in Macedonia and prayed him, saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. We were at the door of going into the country of Liberia, and because of that country being in civil war, we worked in this country, which is a French-speaking country, and all I knew back in those days was to say bonjour, bonsoir, au revoir, that's all I knew. I didn't know much of anything else. But you know what? Gail and I, we prayed, we talked to our church, we talked to our mission board, and I took on Probably one of the most difficult challenges that I've ever taken at 35 years old learning a foreign language at that time. But God was leading, and uh, we went back to the field. We have our two, 1995 card and our 2000 prayer card. And again, look at that sleepy chimp just snuggling up to Gail, trying to uh, look over her shoulder what she was doing. We went to Laval University in Quebec City, Canada for, from August 95 to December 96 to learn French in order to go back and plant a church and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people who spoke French. And we praise God. I praise God that Gail was willing to take on every single task. And we had fun with missionary kids as well. We had missionary families there. And uh, 
had fun being their aunt and uncles because they were so far from home, didn't have a chance to experience their own aunt and uncles, so we became their surrogate aunt and uncles. Gail loved taking back junk jewelry, and she would, on Mother's Day, she would pass out jewelry to the women. This woman here, her name is Sophia. She's a spiritual daughter of mine, uh, and she and her husband, and she has given us both great advice, a wise woman at such a young age. It's family, as I talked in Sunday school this morning. When you go and take the gospel, these people become your family. And uh, Sophia certainly is uh, very precious to me today, and Anna, my daughter. This other girl here, she's Agnes, again, another woman who just became so precious. Gail taught her how to read so she could read the Bible in French. Gail taught her in French how to read the Bible. And Gail always loved kids and young people and the women, and she gave her life to share with them what Christ means. And as we came back to the States, the brother said, she used her little puppet and uh, ministered to kids, young and old, some teenagers, some young adults. It was a way to reach out to them. There's our car. That's what we looked like in 2005 as we were going back. And as I said, Gail always tried to share with these women how to read so that they could read the word of God themselves. One thing she did too, she'd always go, we had to suffer for Jesus. We had to go down to the beautiful beaches of Cote d'Ivoire and collect shells and sand dollars. And uh, how many of you have a shell or a sand dollar that Gail, Gail brought back? A number of women have their hands up. They, that's what we did. Every vacation we'd go to these beaches and and uh, we would collect those. And God continued to bless the ministries. In 2010, there was a major shift in our ministry. As a mission, we built a youth center, gymnasium, so we could reach out to the youth. By the way, I saw the Iwana Club. Who works with the Iwana Club here in the church? Amen. I was saved in the Iwana Club as a 12-year-old boy in Baltimore, Maryland. So I want to praise God for those but our ministry changed. We built a youth center, a gymnasium. We're, we are in a community that has four mosques in the community, in the neighborhood. Four mosques. But you know what? You have a youth center, and the kids will come. And the parents, they don't mind. They don't want them to come in church, but they will let them come to the youth center. And so we're able to reach out to the kids and share the gospel and have games and all sorts of things going on. Gail's always close to the kids. I mean, this is one of the closing programs for our Wanna Club, and all the kids wanted to see what she was doing with that computer. 2015, Anna became a, a part of our family, and we'll talk a little more about that. And in 2015, um, more challenges. Gail always took the opportunity in every situation to share the gospel of Christ. You see this, here we are on the side of a road, little um, shop where they fix motorcycles and kids there. Well, you know what happened? I had two tires go out on me within a, about a three-mile stretch. 
So I was pretty much hung up. So I found a, found a place where they could repair one of the tires, and Gail got out and found the kids. And here in this photo, she's using an evangel cube and the kids who gathered around her sharing the gospel of Christ with them. She had a skin disorder, and so the doctor at Johns Hopkins said, Gail, you, you, you just have to avoid the sun. I mean, we're six degrees north of the equator where we live. How do you avoid the sun? Well, she decided she was going to teach literacy in our home, and so teaching, again, women how to read. And here's her class. She taught these women how to read, and one of the uh, rewards we gave them was a new Bible so that they could take their Bible home and read the Bible, read the Word of God. That's what she did. She couldn't be out in the sun during the heat of the day, and so she had the women come to our house and teach them how to read so that they could read God's Word. Anna came to our home in 2013. She lost her father in 2010. She lost her mother in 2013. She was an orphan, and in Africa, a young girl who's an orphan does not have much of a chance for anything. And so, as a church, we were saying, well, where will Anna go? And Gail and I said, she'll come with us. And so we had Anna come to our home. Uh, this is Anna's mother and Gail, her adopted mother. And a few days before her mother died, she came up to Gail and she put her hands in Gail's hands and she said, my daughter Anna She's your daughter. Little did we know that within a week or two, her mother would pass away. She was a diabetic. She went into a, a coma and never came out. There's our daughter as a young girl, young teenager at the church. And so we started the process of adoption. She was older, but she needed that stability and protection. She was always close to Gail. And Gail was able to invest in her life, her own life. And that's what missions is all about. And that's what families is all, are all about, right? Moms and dads investing your lives into your kids' lives in a significant way. In a significant way. And that's what Gail did with our daughter. It's our last prayer card we took in 2018 as a family. And God uh, has blessed our family. Um, 2018, the entire year, um, Gail was diagnosed with a, a very aggressive melanoma cancer. She was diagnosed already in advanced stages. And so we made the best we could of that year in different activities and things. And of course, Anna's a little bit different from us, right? <laughs> but in our hearts, we were one. All these things became new to us as, as new parents. That year, little did we know, this cemetery is where Gail would be interred in, on October 18th, or shortly after that. And they went to see, it was a church cemetery, they went to see um, Gail's grandmother who was buried there, her mother who was buried there, and the church agreed that, uh, uh, that Gail should be buried next to her parents. You know, when we first were diagnosed that Gail had cancer, I called a group of elders, pastors, 
And I said, would you pray for my daughter, uh, my, my wife, excuse me, my wife, because that's what the book of James says. If you are sick, call for the elders to pray for you. And we called these men and they came together and we went over to the church and they prayed for Gail. And yet God had other plans for her. You know, we're from Maryland. And one thing Marylanders are known for is blue crab. Now, if you like blue crab from Maryland, we have blue crab in the Ivory Coast. So, like I said, we have some delicacies, and these are much larger than um, what you would get in Maryland. Gail loved, if she had visitors, to make the blue crabs Maryland style. Amen? Gail was taught so many people so many lessons during the time of her cancer. She accepted Christ as four years old. She was 66 years when she passed away. She had walked with Christ for 62 years. She never doubted our Savior. She never questioned her diagnosis. She taught me and others how a person who's walked with Christ for 64 years faces the most challenging event in their lives. Gail was hospitalized around, well, twice, September, at the end of September after we had been here, and then the week prior to her home going on October 18th. She couldn't breathe, so they put a, a ventilator tube in her. And she was completely conscious. She knew everything. Her mind was sharp. She knew what was going on. Her desire was to please God in those situations. And finally, she knew that there was no way she would recover. She wrote a note to the hospital herself and she, because they said, you will not breathe without a ventilator. And she wrote a note to the hospital and she said, I want you to take this ventilator out of me. We'll let God decide if I breathe or not. Gail was so courageous. She was so... Um, so much drawing upon the presence of the Lord in her life. And she died with a smile on her face. They took that tube out of her, and I have a piece of clip of video I wish I could show you. She just had a smile on her face. She knew she was going to meet Jesus that day. This is our hope. Revelation 21, verses 4 and 5. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the things, the former things are passed away. And he, sat, he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Amen. That's our hope of eternal life. And we praise God. I praise God for the blessed hope. I praise God that one day... I'll be there again with her. And we praise him for that. Well, in 2018, uh, our 
task as a missionary wasn't over, we knew from the very beginning that one day we would step away, either through sickness, maybe a civil war, maybe some other reason, we would step away. So in 1997, I, when I started my ministries, I always told the national people, one day we're going to leave you. One day we're going to go. We're not going to stay here. Whether retirement or sickness or civil crisis, one day we will go. And so we started preparing them. And as we trained men and women, we always told them, we're, we want you to replace us. We want you to take over. We want you to do the ministries. In 2019, that time had come. I returned to the Ivory Coast myself. Gail was no longer with me, of course. And I told the men and women with whom I work, the time has come. The time has come. I'm going to plan my departure from you. And so uh, we have been training people all along. And we have a Bible Institute, the Baptist Theological Institute and the Youth Center. And we've been training leadership and people who would go on with the ministry so that when we left, the ministries would not skip a beat. And so here's our uh, little Bible Institute building. It's on a campus here and, as I mentioned, in a community uh, that has four mosques. We have our youth center, and this is a great place. All of this we wanted to turn over to national men and women. Here we have that woman I introduced earlier, Sophia, Sophia and her husband, Silway. They're key leaders in our ministries. We also selected other men and women to be a part of our leadership team, train them, and we're in the process of uh, turning everything over to them. All that we've worked for these years, our desire is to turn it over to them. And uh, I praise God because uh, this is what missions is all about. We have a property that is about four-hour drive into the interior, into the real bush. We live on the coast in a uh, coastal city. And so we will turn that over. It will become a satellite of our a satellite campus for our mission, in, our, our, um, our Bible Institute. And we have a mission board where we have men and women serving as missionaries. Uh, these are some of our missionaries that we have sent out from our, our institute, uh, our, our churches. They're in other parts of the country. This man, Williams, he has started three churches in the last seven years and uh, all over in the country. So we praise God for this mission and what they're doing. We dedicated this church at the end of January of this year, and it was full of people. And we had the town elders come. Elders are, these people are animists. They don't believe the gospel. But you know what? They came and they said, this man, this missionary, we've seen his lifestyle. We've seen the kind of man he is. We want him to be in our village, and we want him to be in all the villages around here, sharing the gospel of Christ. That's what missions is all about, training men so that they can train others. And our mission board is composed of these five guys here, and they're doing a great job. We also were able to ordain pastors. My pastor came out, Al Harris, and uh, to be a part of this. They also had a memorial for Gail. Uh, during that time, we couldn't have a memorial because Anna was in the state. She went to college when COVID hit. She couldn't return to Africa. So we waited till she could come. 
and we had a memorial service for Gail among the Africans. These are all pastors' wives with whom Gail has worked. And of course, our youth center doubles as a conference center, and so we can really have a lot of different activities there. And it was exciting for us to ordain seven men, and these men are all men that I've worked with, I've trained and um, taught in our institute. Praise God for these men out, all of them pastoring different churches. One is a missionary. We praise God for this. This is what missions is. Working yourself out of a job. Working yourself... This is Pastor Lazar. He worked with me. He was the first pastor to work with me when I first went to this country to work in 97. He became my associate pastor, and uh, we ordained him. So we praise God for these ordinations. Now you're going to hear a little French. I'm gonna, I just want to give you a little flavor of French. Any French speakers here? Anybody learn French here? Okay. Well, here we go. We'll move that along because that's all French and it can just be annoying, right? <laughs> One thing that is my key goal and missions is this verse. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses... The same, commit thou to faithful men who are able to teach others also. This is a vision statement by the Apostle Paul. This is an action statement by the, the Apostle Paul. And as I went and started ministry here, I realized that if the ministry is built on me and Gail, when we die, the ministry dies. But if we build it on them, when we go, the ministry continues. And that's what's happening today. The ministry is in continuing and we praise him. I want to talk to you a little bit about Anna. Here's my daughter, Anna. Uh, finally, she was able to get a visa, a student visa. Somebody asked me about that. Um, we applied for a student visa for her in the fall of 2017. She received a student visa in July of 2019. It took almost two years for her to get a simple student visa. You can see why our immigration problems are big, right? This should have been a no-brainer to give her a student visa. It took two years. So she is at Ambassador Baptist College in uh, west of Charlotte, North Carolina. But I'm retiring from the field, and so I wanted to have a place for Anna. So we started making bricks out there. You get a mold, you put the cement and sand in the mold, you mix it up. You put it in the mold, you dump the mold out with the brick, and you let it out in the sun to dry. You do it yourself. That's, this is really 
um, the way you can see your own house go up when you hire guys to make your own bricks for the house. But I had two lots and that I bought about 15 years ago and I never did anything with them. And so this will be Anna's home and the house is going up as we speak. I moved out of my apartment, packed everything up into a 40 foot container, put that container on a truck and moved it over to those lots so that Anna will have um, basically everything we had in our home. Eventually she will have that. Now Anna has a vision too and she wants to have an orphanage. Her desire is to have an, or have an orphanage. The last three years, I was able to buy four building lots, um, 1,200 square meters, which is equivalent to about 1,200 square yards, is the piece of property we have for her. Would you pray for that? She wants to work with kids. She wants to work with widows. She wants to work with girls who lost their parents and have no place to go. And I have a special prayer request for Anna. Last Sunday, she was in an auto accident. She was in her lane, obeying all traffic laws, and a motorcycle was coming up the road in her lane and hit her head on. The driver of the motorcycle had, the, neither of the boys on the motorcycle had helmets. The driver was killed instantly and we just got word the second passenger died yesterday the Ivory Coast is not like here the laws are not like our laws she was not found guilty of any driving infraction and yet because there was a death she could be put in jail so please pray. She's going to be before a judge on Thursday of this week. She Last week she went before, I guess, what would be equal to a, a district attorney. He didn't find her guilty of anything. But pray for this. Pray for Anna. Um, she'll be before a, a judge on Thursday. Actually, right now she's in San Pedro, but she's in hiding because her the friends of these two victims want, pay, want to pay back. They want to harm her. So she's in hiding. She's staying in a deacon home, deacon's home. And um, we're just keeping everything very hush-hush, asking people to pray. And I asked you to pray for Anna. She's, as you can imagine, she is really emotionally, physically, uh, spiritually um, really hurting. So would you pray for her and uh, pray for this Thursday as, as you have your prayer times uh, to pray for Anna. I just want to say for all these years of ministry, to God be the glory, great things he has done. We give him all the praise and thanksgiving for the privilege of, of serving God in this country. I want to thank you as a church. I want to thank Pastor Tim, but you as a church. Um, I've been acquainted with this church, as we mentioned, since about 1995. You have supported our ministry since about 2000. And uh, it's always a joy to come back and, and meet and tell you what God is doing. So we praise God for these years, 32 years we've been in this ministry. Hundreds, maybe thousands of adults, children, 
and young people have accepted Christ as their Savior. There's, there's no way to take account on that. Multiple pastors and missionaries have been trained and are in the ministry. Our Bible Institute, our Youth Center, our Annex for our Bible Institute is all established. We have a nationally established mission board that is sending out other missionaries. This is what we've done over these years with the help of God and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So you might be asking, well, Steve, what's next? What's next? Well, I'm retiring from Baptist Missions, but I'm not retiring from serving God. Amen? I taught prior to going to the mission field. Gail and I taught 10 years. Well, I taught 10 years at Arlington Baptist School in Baltimore, Maryland. 32 years of missionary service with Baptist Missions. And my life goal is to make disciples of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I have, I have a new challenge in my life. When I was in the States all this time during Gail's sickness, everywhere I go, I heard people speaking Spanish in the convenience store, at Walmart, in the grocery store. I thought, how, car, how hard could it be to learn Spanish? I already learned French. How hard they, can that be? Amen? So I've got a little app on my phone. It's called Duolingo. You can look at it every single day. You can get a few Spanish words. And that, I had a Spanish teacher in a Christian school in, Balt, uh, in Frederick, Maryland, who would meet with me one, once a week. I am learning Spanish because I feel like um, in America, that mission field has come to America. And I want to say something, folks. We know our country has problems with immigration. And I want to challenge you, a, a church, your elected officials, if you have a problem with immigration, you talk to your elect, elected officials and you tell them what you think. But the souls of these people... They're souls for whom Christ died. And they want to come to America to get a leg up in life. I want to challenge you. Do whatever you can to reach these folks with the gospel of Christ. I want to tell you a story. The president of the Ivory Coast, he came to the United States as a Muslim. He went to Rutgers University and then Penn State University. People come here and then they go back home. Isn't it great if they go back home knowing Christ as their Savior, if they go back home? That's my challenge. That's my challenge. And that's why God challenged me. I'm not a linguist. I didn't even want to learn French. But you know what? The Spirit of God put it in my heart to take up this challenge, to learn Spanish, so that I could share the gospel of Christ with people I'm hearing talking all around me in the stores and in the communities. My goal, my life goal, is to make disciples for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I have some good news. As a church, I want to let you know I've met someone. And um, after three years, she is a Spanish speaker from Colombia. And um, I'm praying, and she and I are praying that God will use our home to reach Latinos for and with the gospel of Christ. Amen? So pray for me, because this is a big, a big transition. 
And, uh, but I praise God that in his gracious hand, he allowed me to meet someone who has a desire and a goal to serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? I don't know if we can get this screen off. Um, I'll just pass it on to the next one, which is a blank screen. But I want to share just a few words to close here. And um, the scripture reading this morning was Second Timothy chapter 1 and verses 2 through 12. And in the line of being a memorial service today, Paul made reference to Timothy. Timothy was his, his student. Timothy was his um, project, we could say. He wanted to see him go forward with the gospel. But if you look at verse 5, look at verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. He says, when I call to your remembrance the sincere faith that is in you, speaking about Timothy, which dwelt first in thy grandmother, Lois, and thy, and thy mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in thee also. Folks, I look at Gail's life. I knew her mom. I knew her dad. The impact of you as parents. The impact of grandparents. He talks about a grandmother here. Her faith. Paul talks about the mother of Timothy, Eunice. And the impact that their faith had on this young man, Timothy. Folks, that's, that's a challenge to every parent and grandparent here today because, well, the harsh reality is we're going to be gone one day, right? We're going to be gone one day. And we want that faith of ours to be transmitted to those that are flesh and blood and that they will serve the gospel of Christ as well. I look at... Gail's mom and dad, pastor and his wife, and how their faith was planted, not only in Gail's life, she had a, a two sisters and a brother, all of their lives. They were impacted and they've served God all of their lives because of that. You know, this passage is full, and that's why I love 2 Timothy. He just gives everything that is practical for the Christian life. I mean, he talks about in verse 3, um, I thank God whom I serve. We should be thankfully serving as parents and as church members. We should have that faith, as he mentions in verse 5. In verse 7, in verse 7, he says, For God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. As Christians, we are not to be in fearful. We go forward in faith. Faith trumps fear. Amen? Faith trumps fear. Um, 
Also, he mentions in verse 8, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Folks, don't we feel sometimes ashamed to share the gospel of Christ? Certain situations, we feel like, oh, it's not the right time. It's not the right moment. I don't know what I will say. And Paul tells Timothy, don't be ashamed. And Paul himself says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Verse 9, he mentions about the salvation. Verse 9, he says, And Christ, who hath saved us and called, called us to a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which, has given, which, he, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. We're saved for a reason. We're not saved just to have eternal life in heaven. We are saved for a reason here on this earth. And we need to make our time count. Verse 10, he said, But now is made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. There is a destiny. You know, we hear sometimes on television some of these preachers. There is a destiny for every single believer. There is a purpose for every single believer. We need to find that and be doing it. Know your destiny. Know what God has called you to do. Know the reason he has saved you. And finally, verse 12, he says, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, but I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Where is our persuasion? Are we persuaded that we are in the hands of God, in the hands of Christ, no matter what? All these things are very practical, very daily, very easy to put into practice in our lives, folks. If the gospel is going to reach the uttermost parts of the earth, it takes this kind of daily living from all of us. Not just the pastor, not just the elders, not just the deacons, everyone. Wherever we are. I don't count myself to be this eloquent person, this uniquely gifted person who could do a work in a foreign country. Folks, but I am persuaded. I am persuaded. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We need to be persuaded of that. So folks, I want to say thank you. Thank you for partnering with Gail and me. Thank you for partnering with me all these years. You'll be hearing from me. There is another step. I'm officially retiring from the mission on July 31st of this year. 
but I am not retiring from ministry. I'm phasing into the next step of ministry that God has for me. Pray for me in this transition. Pray for me as I learn Spanish, because I have a passion. You know, that's, that's the way God works. When he puts it, when it's him that puts, you, puts it in your heart, you cannot turn away from it. And I have a passion to learn this language in order to share the gospel of Christ with people in every state of the union. People are there, and they can, if we win them to Christ, they may go back to their country one day and transform their country. Amen? I'd like to ask you to stand, and we'll have a word of prayer. And I want to say thank you. You've been very patient. I know going through uh, some slides is not always easy to listen to, but you were very attentive, and I appreciate that uh, being with me in this presentation today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are the God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And you have a plan that is beyond anything we could ever conceive of. And yet, in this plan, you have chosen to use us, those who have accepted Christ. And you've chosen to use churches like this church, Emmanuel Bible Church. And you are doing a work through this church in this world. Even in this community and communities around here, you're using this church. Father, may we all be on the team. May we all be a part of the work in order to take the gospel to the next person. Thank you, Father. I pray that the Spirit of God would move in the hearts of the folks here in this church to accomplish the work that you have called them to do. Father, it's a privilege for me to be here today. Bless the words, bless the presentation today. And I asked you in all these things, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I don't know who's coming to the pulpit. For our closing song, Pastor Matt's gone. Let's pick up our hymn books, turn to page uh, 669, Make Me a Servant. We're just going to sing it a cappella and we'll sing through it twice together. Page 669, Make Me a Servant.
pray. Father, uh, we come to you this evening, Lord. We thank you for this message. Lord, will we reflect on the life of uh, Mrs. Gail King, the way you used her uh, in her life here. Lord, uh, may you make us a servant where you would have us uh, here, starting here first. And then uh, may you take us, those of us here, into other areas, other parts of the world. But Lord, may we be faithful where you've placed us and help us to be a servant for you. Take this, this gospel, this great message of salvation that you've given to us, to those around us, to our neighbors and those we work with. And Lord, may you help us to do that this week. And it's in our Lord's name. Amen. We're dismissed.